Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is Little Atoms, a radio show about ideas and culture. With me, Neil Denny. On today's show... Julianne Pacheco on her new novel, Jungle House. Julianne Pacheco was born in Cambridge and grew up in Carly, Columbia. Her short stories have been published in The New Yorker, Granta and The White Review. She teaches creative writing at UEA and her other books include The Lucky Ones, and The Ant Hill, which we spoke about on Little Atoms a couple of years ago. Today we're here to talk about Julianne's latest book, which is Jungle House. Julianne, welcome back to Little Atoms. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to be back. Tell us then, first of all, how you would describe Jungle House. I would describe Jungle House as a book about a mother-daughter relationship with a twist, in the sense that the mother character is an artificially intelligent house. And um, it's set in an undisclosed future in um, a South American country in the jungle. And so the story follows the relationship between the artificially intelligent house and the young girl. And the young girl is ultimately faced with a decision of, of what she wants to do, of whether she wants to stay, of whether she wants to leave. Um, and just kind of dealing with the change in their relationship over the course of the book. And so Lena, who is the young girl, or by the time the book is in its present day, she's like a, a, a late teen girl or 20-year-old girl. She's the protagonist of the novel. It's, it's a third-person novel, but it's mainly told from Lena's perspective, although towards the end that does switch a little bit in ways we don't necessarily have to go into. But tell us something more about who Lena is then. And I guess at the beginning of the novel, what she thinks her, something about her background, or at least what she thinks her background is towards the beginning of the novel. Yeah, well, at the beginning of the book, her past is still a bit of a mystery. Like there's certainly a version of it that mother tells her and she takes that version as true. Like she takes it at face value, though she does have questions about it. So that is a question that is kind of hanging over her head throughout the course of the book of where are her, you know, real parents, like her biological parents, like what happened to them and why did they abandon her, which is the story that mother tells her. Um, and so that's something that that's a question that Lena deals with over the course of the book. And so basically the story that mother tells her is that she found Lena abandoned in the yard 
and that mother took her in. And so the house that mother is responsible for, like she's an artificially intelligent system. And so, you know, that's why she's called Jungle House. Um, and she's one of three properties owned by this wealthy family, the Morels. So along with Jungle House, they also have Mountain House and City House, which is their main property. And we, maybe this is a bit of a spoiler, but we do get to hear from one of the other houses at another point in the book. Um, so that's an, another important component of Lena's background, that not only is she an orphan who's raised by mother and she's not 100% sure like what happened to her real parents. She also grows up as a servant, like she's the, she thinks of herself as the caretaker, like the domestic worker um, in this house for this wealthy family. And this wealthy family, they have a daughter called Isabella, who's two years younger than Lena. And, you know, so they, they grow up together and, you know, like they're not really friends because there's obviously like Isabella's family is Lena's employer. And when the book opens like in the opening scene of the book we learn that the family has not visited for some time and that something um that something has happened to Isabella and so that's something else I'm trying really hard not to spoil the book because I feel like part of the pleasure of reading it is like seeing how these questions get answered and how these things get revealed so that's another I think important component to Lena's background is that you know, she has this relationship with this wealthy family and she has a relationship with the daughter, Isabella. And at the beginning of the book, you know, there's a bit of a mystery that gets clarified about what has happened to Isabella and like why this family has not been visiting recently. Yeah, we're, we're not going to give anything away. We're, we'll be keen to It's keep really hard not to. I mean, even, <laughs> yeah, even disclosing that mother is an artificially intelligent house, um, like, in an earlier draft, like that was kept secret for like quite some time, because I really liked the effect that that had on the reader of them just not realizing, you know, that shock of like, oh, wow, like the mother is an artificially intelligent house. But then as I kept editing, I was like, oh, like this needs to be made clear, you know, earlier on, I think it's around like page like 10 or something like that. So so tell me then more. Yeah, I mean, we're not obviously going to give away too much of where Mother's story goes in the book. But tell us again a little bit more, just elaborate on what you just said there about how you conceived of this house in, in imagining this house in the jungle that has some sort of AI intelligence control in it. How did you imagine that would work? Of course. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I mean, I started writing the book during lockdown. I think I started writing the first draft in like May 2020. And my original goal with the book, well, I guess I had two goals. Like one was that I wanted to write something in the speculative sci-fi genre, just because that's a genre that I've always really enjoyed and just really loved. So that was goal number one. And then goal number two was that I wanted to examine my relationship with technology because it was just something that I'd been thinking about. And, you know, maybe as a result of lockdown and of the pandemic, because we were all spending a lot more time on technology than we usually do, right? You know, like I was teaching all my classes online and, you know, my second book, The Ant Hill was scheduled to come out, but all the in-person events were, were canceled and like a few were rescheduled for online. But so that was a big change in my life, in all of our lives. So that was, that was a question I had at, at the beginning of the process of writing it was that I wanted to examine my relationship with technology. 
And so one theme that I wasn't expecting to emerge when I was writing it, like I was quite surprised that this turned out to be quite an important theme, but the theme of security and privacy are both quite important for understanding mother's character because that's what she was built for. That's what she was designed to do. And so her concerns are with keeping the property safe and having control over the property and making sure that it's secure. Security and order, those are mother's jobs. Like that's like a direct quote from the book. So, um, and then also like in terms of privacy, like that was something else that naturally emerged when writing the book because, you know, it was just something I realized that like, oh, like here's this young girl who just grows up with technology present everywhere. Like she has no privacy. Like this technology knows everything about her. Like it watches her all the time and it feels like it knows her right? Um, It's been with her her whole life. Like they're very enmeshed, like they're very intertwined. And, you know, so it's like very interesting to me that those are the themes that emerge in the book, because I wasn't really expecting that to happen, right? Like my original goal was to just like, hmm, you know, I want to examine like, this idea of technology. And so it's very interesting to me that that's what ended up happening. And I just wanted to talk about the setting as well. Now, obviously, I mean, as we know, you've spent a lot of your life in Colombia and the story itself, although it's never explicit about it, does have a like an obviously sort of South American jungle feel about the country that this novel is set in. But beyond that, maybe, I mean, we will come back to the sort of background in the country in a second. But in terms of this house itself, when I imagine a, you know, futuristic AI house, Mm. the last place you would want to put one of those things in is in a jungle. And the jungle itself in this novel is almost like, I hesitate to say, like another character. But it's entirely, it's always encroaching on the house. It's not Mm. just about the fact that mother has got to keep keep Lena safe from like potential rebels that are surrounding the place but like literally nature itself is in this constant battle with the maintenance of the house yeah no it makes me so happy to say that you saw the jungle and the setting as another character like that was very very key to me like I think with this book it really made me realize like what a difference like having a good setting made because I think with like earlier drafts like the setting wasn't really clear like it changed a lot but then once I committed to the jungle like that made a huge difference um so that was really interesting to notice but um yeah I mean just in terms of like visually like the image you know in my head of this very advanced technology that's obsessed with order and control and security surrounded by the jungle right um was just a very compelling image to me and also, I felt like I hadn't really read a book that was about the future in that way. Like, I was really interested in writing about these advanced technologies, but from a very, like, isolated place. So I never really described, like, what the cities are like. I mean, there's, like, a few hints, like, here and there, you know, but I kind of like that idea of, like, oh, you know, we're kind of getting, like, a very sort of sideways glimpse of what these advanced technologies are like. And you actually hear, Isabella, like the the wealthy daughter, kind of say, oh, you know, this house is so run down, like this is nothing compared to the house we have back home. So there's sort of references that the technology we see in the jungle is actually quite old compared to the technology elsewhere in the book. 
you know, I was really inspired by books like The Green House by Mario Vargas Llosa, the Peruvian writer, which is like set in the jungle. I mean, just like the title, The Green House, you know, that creates a very striking image. Um, there's a very famous Colombian novel. Um, it's been translated as The Vortex by Jose Eustacio Rivera, which is set in the Amazon. It's like a book you always have to read like in high school. It's about like the rubber plantations in, in the Amazon jungle. And it's famously very, very dense and very, very hard. But the the most recent English translation, I think, did a really good job. So there is this tradition of, you know, the jungle novel, La Novela de la Selva, in like Latin American literature. And, you know, so that was something I was like really keeping in mind. And I mean, something else that I find really interesting is you have this genre called El Gotico Tropical, like the tropical Gothic, which is when you take tropes from gothic literature but you put them in a quote-unquote tropical you know latin american setting right so like where you might have you know kind of like an abandoned ruined house on the moors with like ghosts like in jungle house you have this like abandoned house and then like the ghosts are kind of like video imagery like holograms so yeah, setting was really, really important to me. And it makes me really happy to say that that it, it stood out to you. Well, also just staying on um, influences as well. I mean, you talked about some influences in terms of it being a, a house in the jungle. But how about in terms of sci-fi elements as well? Because having not read any of those ones you just mentioned, the book that it reminded me of the most would probably be The Drowned World by J.G. Ballard, which is oh, wow. in, in terms of the feel of like how the how the jungle itself is sort of aggressively encroaching on the mm. house and the mold and the mushrooms and everything is is taking over. So was there any other aspects of the the sort of sci-fi elements or the you know the future elements of it that was an influence on you? I mean, first of all, that's incredibly flattering. Like I I love JG Ballard. Like I've come quite late to him. Um I mean Empire of the Sun was definitely like an influence on the lucky ones. And I actually I actually read The Drowned World like after the Jungle House draft was was finished. But I definitely when I was reading it, I was like, oh crap, like I really should have read this earlier. Like this could have been really helpful. So that makes me really happy to hear you say that. Um I think the book that was the biggest influence on me, it's a trilogy. I think it's called the Software Trilogy or like the Wetware Trilogy. I'll have to double check it. It's by this American writer, Rudy Rucker, and it's a, it's a trilogy or a quartology. So it's like a series of books. And I think they came out in, in the 80s. And I just found them because I was just looking on message boards. Like I was just kind of researching like, oh, like I want to read books like about AI. And, you know, so you find things like iRobot by like, you know, Asimov, like blah, blah, blah. And then I never really heard of this one. So I was like, oh, I'll give this one a read. And it's just so funny. And it's so imaginative. And like one of the subplots is about, you know, like the robots like going to the moon to stage this rebellion. And then this really interesting plot strand about like this interaction between these like fungal spores and the robots, which is just really fun. So that was a big influence to me in terms of like how entertaining the book was and like how it made me feel. And so that was something I wanted to try to do with Jungle House. Like it's quite short. And, you know, the pace is quite quick, like there's some dramatic twists at the end. So that was something I was self-conscious about, of just trying to make it very readable and entertaining for the reader. But then also, you know, like Philip K. Dick is one of my like literary heroes, like just in terms of like his imagination, 
Um, you know, that's something that I've always just found very, very rewarding in literature. It's like something I see in Borges as well. Like that's just something I appreciate about literature so much of just this ability to to imagine and science fiction in particular, the way it like provokes us to look at our current world and kind of draw parallels, right? So yeah, so I would say Philip K. Dick and there was someone else who <laughs> it just escaped me. If I remembered at the end of the interview, like I'll say, but yeah, those are the main ones I would say for now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. listening to Little Atoms. I'm Neil Denny. Today I'm talking to Julianne Pacheco and we're talking about her new novel, Jungle House. And Julianne, yeah, I mentioned I was going to ask you to say something about the political background to it, which is only very sort of lightly sketched in the book. We don't really know what's going on. But again, if you would just suggest something as to what you, the sort of setting that you envisage that this book would take place in. Of course. So I never specifically say it's Colombia, but um, there's references to sort of like a long kind of rebel presence in the area. And so, you know, you could infer very easily that it's Colombia, you know, in terms of like it, like visually, because like, I've never actually spent time in the Colombian jungle, like not like the Amazon, where I mainly spent time is in Ecuador. And yeah, but I mean, you could I was definitely thinking of like Columbia when I wrote this. Like, I can't like kid myself on that for sure. And so 
Yeah, so there's reference throughout the book like to this rebel presence, and it's something that Mother is very frightened by and very paranoid about. There's like references to an upcoming presidential election. And it's all, you know, as you said, like it's never really looked kind of face on. It's just kind of like references here and there. And I mean, again, like with like this theme of like security and control, you know, like mother has control over the narrative that she gives Lena, right? Like Lena, you know, has no other resource. Like she has, like mother is where she gets her information. Like mother is where she gets the story of her world from. And, you know, something that I was thinking of, like not while I was writing it, but like after I was kind of rereading the sections, I was like, oh, wow, like you could kind of read this as sort of like a metaphor for propaganda, like from the conservative state and like how a state can control narrative and control history, right? Because that's something I kind of think about like from my childhood, you know, where it's like I sort of like was presented things a certain way and it wasn't until I was much older or, you know, had kind of moved away where I was like, oh, wow, like this narrative that I was getting in high school was really not correct, right? You know, like you can't really compare it to like being in a cult, like that's like a bit extreme, but that's something that I thought was interesting, like this like theme of like how information or how the narrative of a country over history can be controlled from where you get the information from, right? And, you know, that's something that's already been proven, like that that this technology we're building, it's not neutral, right? Like it has our biases, right? But it's not, it's not a neutral technology. And so mother is definitely not neutral either. Like she has a very particular stance and a very particular point of view. There's also very lightly the book sort of has ideas around colonialism as well in terms of the fact that you mentioned this earlier but the family's wealth comes from an old rubber plantation that is sort of like i guess it's just been subsumed by the jungle now but there is again i don't hopefully this is not giving too much away but at, but at one point lena stumbles upon another house and we won't we won't say what's in that house, but it's it's clearly an older style of house that you know would have once belonged to the owner of the um of the plantation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And like those were things that I put in the book very tangentially. Like it wouldn't have been realistic for like Lena to have sat down and kind of had like a long reflection about colonialism because like she has not been raised with that information right I don't know I was like I think I would be open to hearing a reader kind of debate that like I think that would be like an interesting point to hear from but yeah I mean race is a huge element of the book like that kind of like dynamic right like one of the things that the morels like the wealthy family like say like when they meet Lena you know they're kind of like oh you know like she's She's going to um, provide so much like authenticity, right? And that's sort of like the implication is that, you know, Lena is is indigenous, like of indigenous descent, like she's like a local from the area. And, you know, and there's kind of like passages where you sort of hear the morels, like the family's perspective, you know, on the jungle and sort of like what they see, you know, what the jungle's like resources should be used for. And that like came out that, you know, that all came from just sort of like me reading like the news about like Bolsonaro and kind of like his rhetoric about conservation in Brazil. Like I thought that was just that like made an impact on me. And like you see that 
in the book. And then also as part of the research, like I read memoirs by um, local you know, like indigenous activists and like environmental activists. And like, none of that is like really present in the book, but it was, it was helpful for me. So yeah, it's like, I'm glad that you noticed those themes. Cause you know, I was definitely thinking about them. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's fair to say that the book tackles them like head on, but they're definitely, they're definitely present. Well, we certainly see how Lena is seen by the morels in, you know, yeah. in relation to themselves as well. But I also, I also wanted to talk about how in a sort of similar theme, maybe it would it would be a bit much to describe it as as racism, but mm. um the way in which the Morel family relate to the artificial intelligence, the house, yeah. but also the yeah. other droids as well, yeah. I thought was interesting. Yeah, so that's um I'm really glad you mentioned that because I don't think we've we've talked about that yet. So Mother is not the only artificially intelligent character in the book. You also have Anton, the drone, who is the bodyguard of sorts to Isabella, the wealthy daughter. And then you also have the androids or the droids as you call them, Silvana and Alfonso, who, you know, are kind of named by like those are the names that Lena gives them, but to the morales and to mother even, they're they're just the droids, like droid A and droid B. Like no one really sees them as, you know, Lena's the one who's given them names because they they are basically they're controlled by mother. Like they don't have kind of like free will of their own. Or do they? Again, like another <laughs> you'll have to read the book to find out. But yeah, I mean that's like a very clear parallel, right? Like Anton, the bodyguard, like he is a servant like Lena, right? So there's definitely parallels between all of them, right? And you mentioned the scene where where Lena stumbles upon this other house, this other artificially intelligent house, like abandoned in the jungle. And I mean, with that scene, it's like I was thinking about just like all my old iPhones that I just have like in the bottom of the drawer, you know, like not that I'm like this super wealthy person who has like a million iPhones, you know, but it's like we all have like old phones that like we don't use anymore. Right. And so for me, there's this growing ethical question, this moral question where it's almost like human rights for AI. Right. Where it's like if we are actually really building these intelligent, conscious beings, then it's like, are we really going to be using them as slaves? Like, is that morally right? So, you know, I think that's something you see in the book. Like, that's something I was thinking about. So finish it off then. Can I get you to read us a bit? Of course. Yes. So I'll read from this scene, which is a part when... Lena draws a portrait of mother. Here we go. So in this scene, we have Lena, we have mother, and then we also have the droids, Silvana and Alfonso, who are controlled by mother. One time, Lena had a burst of inspiration. How would you like me to draw you then? Holding the crayon over the paper, poised and ready. Tell me, mother. Tell me what to draw, and I'll do it. Mother was silent for a beat, and Lena's heart beat quickly in excitement, in expectation. Okay, Mother finally said, but I'll do it myself. And so Silvana and Alfonso had sauntered over to the table and taken a seat, slowly, stiffly, their cold metallic hands, so good at cooking and cleaning and clipping back the jungle, held the crayons awkwardly. But Lena was very patient pushing the cup of crayons towards them so that would be easier to reach. 
but they'd ended up only using two colors, black, which they'd scribbled all over the paper, so hard it nearly ripped. And there at the center, a tiny yellow spot. That's me, mother said, and the satisfaction in her voice was undeniable. That's how I see myself. Lena picked it up, turned it upside down and sideways, examining it closely. Um, she began tentatively, are you all of it? And mother had immediately plunged into one of her speeches about the nature of her character, how she saw herself as a bastion of light against an army of darkness, an overwhelming outside force of ignorance and danger. A darkness of the world constantly threatening to swallow her and Lena up. But mother was holding Lena close. Mother was keeping her safe. Mother was keeping the blackness at bay. Oh, Lena said, perking up. So I'm in the portrait too? Of course, Lena. You're a part of me and always will be. If Lena had just been a tiny bit braver, She'd have picked up the red crayon and drawn a tiny stick figure in the yellow dot center, just to make it clearer that Lena was part of Mother's self-portrait, too. But she didn't dare. So I've been talking to Julianne Pacheco. We've been talking about her new novel, Jungle House, which is out now in the UK from Serpent's Tale. Julianne, thank you so much for taking the time to tell me about it. Thank you so much for having me. This episode of Little Atoms was produced, presented and edited by me, Neil Denny. Little Atoms is hosted by Acast and published by 89up. The show is broadcast on Mondays and Saturdays on Resonance 104.4 FM. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.